Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome to Point Spreads Saturday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. I am your host for this Saturday, Mark Zeno, as we have a ton of action to get to, get you ready for your college football Saturday. We will preview the big games, including Texas, Oklahoma, Penn State, Iowa, as well as the rest of the top 25. We'll take a close look at some of the other contests with some guests will be joining us throughout the show. So buckle in for the next two hours, and we will be here with you right here on VEASAN on the Sports Betting Network. Quick recap of some of the games that went on last night, folks, in the top 25. Again, Cincinnati takes care of Temple, not breaking a sweat with a 52-3 final, and Arizona State finishes off Stanford rather easily 28-10. So no shakeups early on in the top 25. Even go back to Thursday, Coastal Carolina, 15th-ranked Coastal Carolina takes care of Arkansas State 52-20. So we quickly move into... The top 25 for this week, Alabama at Texas A&M, a game at Kyle Field where Alabama's laying 17 and a half points with a total of around 51. And uh, this is a game where Alabama really shouldn't have to worry too much. The A&M offense is going to struggle since Zach Calzada has taken over for Haynes King. They have not been able to put much together offensively. I think Alabama is the easy play here, and I don't think you have to worry too much about A&M. They just are punchless on the offensive side of the ball. Georgia and Auburn in a matchup of top 25 teams as the Bulldogs, uh, the second-ranked Bulldogs, take on 18th-ranked Auburn at Jordan-Hare. And this is a game interesting between two defensive teams. Last four contests between these teams have all gone under, and with a total of 46, a lot of betters may be looking in that direction. We'll break that game down later as well but the big one in the big 10 number three versus number four iowa versus penn state uh this game in iowa city a place where big 10 undefeateds usually go to die uh when they go up there to iowa we'll see how penn state reacts but this is another game where uh the last two in iowa city have gone under the last two in these matchup at penn state however have gone over so we'll see how these two teams play out this afternoon uh in a matchup again of big 10 opponents Number six, Oklahoma. Number 21, Texas. Game played at a neutral site in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Another big one that gets an early kickoff, a noon Eastern kickoff, 9 o'clock on the West Coast. And, of course, so much on the line here for both of these teams in the Big 12. Texas looking to give Oklahoma their first loss. Texas only lost this year. Comes out of conference earlier in the year to Arkansas. But extra eyes outside the Big 12 on this matchup, as I think all 
of the fans in Cincinnati. The fifth-ranked Bearcats will be praying for the Texas Longhorns to pull out a win to give Oklahoma a loss and help sort of cloud that college football playoff picture, um, which a non-Power 5 team trying to make for the first time. Cincinnati making their case again with another strong win last night, but still they'll need another undefeated uh, Power 5 team to be in the mix. I'm sorry, a not undefeated Power 5 team to be in the mix in that game. So if Oklahoma takes a loss here, it all of a sudden sort of maybe opens the door a little bit more for the Bearcats to sneak their way in. Number seven, Ohio State uh, taking on Maryland. Uh, the Terrapins, after a great start, just get blown out last week uh, in a game against Iowa. They turned the ball over seven times. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa, Tua's little brother, threw five interceptions in that game, all of them in the first half, and Iowa puts up 51. Yeah, an Iowa offense that doesn't really score all that much. So let's see how Maryland bounces back. But again, Ohio State still trying to make their case uh, to get in the college football playoff. They have that lone loss. Remember, back at home earlier in the year to Oregon, they'll need to run the slate in the Big Ten uh, and get some quality wins going on as well. Michigan still undefeated, traveling to Nebraska in what feels like a bad spot for the Wolverines. Now, they've been impressive all year long, mostly their defense. And this is a team right now that is humming on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how good their offense is going to be. I have been surprised at Michigan and the points they put up earlier this year. Again, they put up 31 on Washington. They score a huge amount of points against uh, Northern Illinois. I think they got in the 60s, and that was unexpected. Uh, but nonetheless, this could be one of those trap game spots as Nebraska is a short home dog this week, only catching three points. And so we'll see how this game plays out. But uh, Michigan gets a 7:30 start on the East Coast tonight. BYU and Boise State, uh, the undefeated, undefeated Cougars, uh, continuing their march. And again, we, we was talking about this with some folks earlier before the show kicked off here on Point Spread Saturday. The best non-Power 5 undefeated team in America is not the Bearcats. It's BYU. Uh, they played a tougher schedule. Uh, they go along and they have to travel out to Boise uh, to get a game going on today. So we'll see how they react uh, and continue their march on an undefeated season and make their case for the college football playoff. Number 11, Michigan State at Rutgers. Another sort of trap game feel, but let's see what Mel Tucker does today for Michigan State. Uh, they've managed to stay undefeated to this point. Uh, they went to Nebraska earlier in the year. And I think we're laying four and a half, five points in that range. And they only win by a field goal, but they hang on a win, survive and escape and move on. That's all really they have to do here uh, to keep their hopes for the college football playoff alive uh, as they still have to play some of the big dogs in the Big Ten. But uh, I don't think they'll sweat too much at Rutgers today. I think Rutgers is on a downtrend after an early hot start and uh, getting a little little love publicly. Greg Schiano's squad, but still, uh, this is a good spot for the Spartans and Michigan State to continue. Moving on, number 13, Arkansas against number 17, Old Miss. Uh, I have been an Old Miss backer all year long. I've said death taxes on Ole Miss overs, and until last week, I was doing okay. Uh, but still, this is, I think, a great bounce-back spot for the Rebels. Uh, Arkansas, again, another team that's continuing to struggle offensively. K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback, nagging some injuries, nursing some injuries, can't seem to get anything going offensively. They get shut out last week against the best defense in the nation in Georgia, and I don't know how much they'll respond better this week's Ole Miss defense isn't what it was last year. It's certainly better. I think you could throw out the game against Alabama that they played last week as just, Hey, I'm playing the best team in the nation. And, and you know, you got caught in a bad spot and Lane Kiffin got a little bit out over his britches, if you will, uh, with the go get your popcorn stuff, but expect the Ole Miss offense to bounce back uh, and take a quick keen look at the Ole Miss team total. Only 35 and a half. That's a really depressed number for a team that that didn't score less than 40 until last week against Alabama. So we'll get more into that game coming up later as well. Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. Not much of an ACC slate this week, but this is one that everybody has their eye on. I guess Notre Dame as an independent still playing that ACC schedule. But this is a game, again, I think that Cincinnati backers are going to watch out of the corner of their eye that Notre Dame cannot afford to dump another game. Uh, and they have to travel to... Blacksburg to take on the Hokies. Uh, I don't trust the Notre Dame offense. It is clunky. It is slow. And this is a spot that Virginia Tech could catch Notre Dame off guard. And if Notre Dame does drop another one, all of a sudden that win that Cincinnati has starts to take a little bit of shine off of it. So we'll see how this game plays out tonight um, in, in Blacksburg. Looking at Kentucky and LSU, Kentucky may be reading some of their own press clippings as of late. The 16th ranked Wildcats uh, have to take on an LSU team that that loses last week to Auburn and Ogeron on the hot seat. How will the, the LSU players respond? What kind of game will they put together? We'll see today. And Kentucky, maybe in a look-ahead spot as they get Georgia next week, 
Um, this is a, could be a spot where Kentucky ends up slipping up, I think. Maybe not a bad bet on on LSU if you're looking in that direction. The other ACC game of note, Wake Forest and Syracuse. 19th-ranked Demon Deacons have to travel to the Carrier Dome for a 3.30 Eastern slate against uh, Syracuse. And, you know, this is, again, a, another spot where I just look at Wake Forest and, and ask the question simply, do they deserve to be favored by this many points on the road, uh, a touchdown favorite on the road against anybody? I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case at this point in time. Um, they have squeaked out some wins. Uh, again, you look at the game against Louisville, I think it was last week, uh, where they're able to eke out a three-point win. So let's see how Syracuse responds today. Florida and Vanderbilt in a very difficult game to sort of handicap. Uh, the 20th-ranked Gators taking on Vandy, uh, laying a ton of points, 39 and a half, um, and a total that's in the uh, low 60s. Uh, this is just an interesting spot. Which Florida team, or at least which Florida offense, will show up? The Florida that showed up against Tennessee and was able to score at will, or the Florida that showed up against Kentucky and loses and uh, isn't able to score at all. Uh, so Florida getting into that schizophrenic stage of their schedule where you don't really know who they are at this point in time. So it'll be interesting to see with a ton of points that they're laying against a Vanderbilt team that's, that's very bad, obviously. But the question is, how much can Vanderbilt score in that game? Can they keep it close? SMU and Navy coming up at 3.30 today. Uh, the Mustangs will travel to Annapolis, Maryland, to take on the midshipmen uh, in, in a 3.30 tip. And then finally, San Diego State and New Mexico, 9 o'clock tonight, out on the West Coast uh, as the Aztecs continue their march through uh, their conference schedule as well. So that recaps sort of the top 25 here. But again, we'll take a, a closer look at some of the big games coming up. And in particular, we'll look at, again, Texas and Oklahoma and, of course, Penn State and Iowa with the focus and a lot of, you know, intra-conference or sorry, uh, top 25 matches intra-conference between Georgia and Auburn and saw and Ole Miss with the SEC obviously being a big focus. We'll talk to an SEC guest coming up later on this hour. John Michaels from 680 Fan in Atlanta will join us as we look at the SEC and the entire schedule there. And again, this is an interesting week because a team like Cincinnati is going to have their eye on a bunch of different games because there is a lot at stake for them as they try to make the college football playoff. In their case, they get an easy win last night against Temple 52-3. And Arizona State out in the Pac-12 continues uh, their march towards the top of the Pac-12, 28-10 the final there over Stanford, a team that's just sort of losing any sort of offensive prowess that they had with a bunch of injuries and everything else. So that's the entire top 25 slate. Make sure you guys stay with us throughout the show. Uh, again, we'll break all this down. I'll have my picks included as well for the show and uh, or, or whatever I'm playing today. We'll take a closer look. Texas and Oklahoma in the second hour of the show as well. So a lot to get to here on this point spread Saturday. So thankful that you guys are joining us. Best place to start your Saturday here is on VSIN and on point spread Saturday uh, with, with so much to get to. Best places to put your money, best bets, all the handicapping information that you're going to need to get through your college football Saturday. Again, I'm your host, Mark Zinno, uh, with you this Saturday morning here on VSIN. Coming up next, we will preview Penn State, Iowa State, a close, in-depth look at everything in this matchup, some news and notes that you'll need to know before you place your wager coming up today. I am Mark Zinno. This is Point Spread Saturday. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We got everything you need to get through your Saturday right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Again, coming up here in about... Uh, 20 minutes or so, John Michaels of 680 The Fan in Atlanta will join us to preview some of the SEC matchups from today. A lot of top 25 matchups within the SEC going on today, including Georgia and Auburn and Arkansas and Ole Miss. So a lot to get to here uh, on this edition of Point Spread Saturday. Okay, uh, let's start with Penn State and Iowa as uh, the, one of the premier, premier matchups in the top 25. Third-ranked Iowa hosting fourth-ranked Penn State. And interesting in this game to note, uh, with a total uh, of around 42, and Iowa right now a, a two-point uh, favorite, rather, in this matchup, as you can see, two and a half at certain shops. But the last two contests in Ames, Iowa, I'm sorry, in Iowa City, rather, between these two teams have gone under, and the last two matchups at Penn State have gone over. Going to Iowa usually is the place where Big Ten undefeateds go to die. Uh, it's just a tough place to go win a game. Kirk Ferentz and squad always has a great crowd there, and they're always amped up, and so it's a very tough place to go win a football game. But I think when you look at this matchup, uh, and again, it's weird to know that that both of these teams are so matched identically. They're both 4-1 and one against the spread. They're both 5-0 and oh overall, and the under has come in in four out of their five contests. Uh, Penn State's only over was against Villanova when they won 38 to 17. And I was only over was last week against Maryland when they scored 51, as I said earlier, because of seven turnovers uh, from the Terrapins that allowed them to score 51 points. Iowa is 7-0 in their last seven games, 7-0 against the spread in their last seven home games after a blowout win, a straight-up blowout win of 20 points or more if you're into those sort of trends. But these two teams are, again, very identically matched uh, from a statistics standpoint. Penn State averages 135 rushing yards a game. Iowa averages 126 rushing yards a game. Where they start to diverge um, is in the passing offense and the passing defense. Penn State is the better passing offense, but... Iowa is the better passing defense. And really, the one statistic that you need to follow today is Iowa's plus 12 turnover differential, number one in the nation in turnover differential. Now, again, a lot of that was aided from last week's seven turnovers that they got off of Maryland. But still, even if they only had four turnovers last week as opposed to seven, they're still a top five team in the nation in turnover differential. Iowa's defense is very good at taking the football away. It's one of the hallmarks of this team. And so this is something you'll have to look forward to in watching this game today. How how well can Penn State take care of the ball? Because look, Iowa's offense is nothing to get excited about. Uh, in reality, the games that they've played where they have broken 30 are against Indiana week one. They got three turnovers versus Michael Penix. 
I mentioned 51 last week in the seven turnovers against Maryland, and the other one was 30 against Kent State, for crying out loud. It's not exactly a defensive powerhouse. They only scored 27 against Iowa State. They get two turnovers in that game, and they scored 24 against Colorado State. This is not an Iowa, Iowa offense that I put a whole lot of faith in and a whole lot of trust in, despite the fact that the numbers tell you they're scoring 33 points a game. Penn State has the better offense in this matchup. The question is how well can they move the ball and how effective can they be against an Iowa defense that really knows how to lock teams down. I was only giving up 87 yards a game on the ground, and that's something to watch. Can State be can Penn State be able to move the ball in this game? If they can't, you know, it's going to be a very difficult spot for Penn State offensively because I don't know how they're going to be able to get an advantage. They're going to need to force turnovers on their own. They're going to need to be able to create some turnovers and create extra opportunities for this offense. I'm on the under in this game. Um, There's no reason for you not to be at this point in time. Both of these defenses are very, very solid, and and neither one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Sean Clifford or Spencer Petras, should, should get you excited. I mean, they don't really, they're not quarterbacks that are going to elevate their offense and elevate the players around them. Um, And they're also conservative offenses in general. They're not teams that are going to take a lot of huge shots down the field. Can their defenses create short fields for them? Um, This should be a battle of field goals. I mean, I understand that it's a depressed number at 42, but in the same respect, um, there's not a lot of reason and faith to believe that these offenses are going to be able to score. Remember, these two teams played a 6-4 game one year. Um, so it's not. it shouldn't surprise anybody that a slow, muck-it-up style, traditional Big Ten football game is exactly what you're going to watch. This is not going to be a football game that's going to, to leave you thinking, this is exactly why this game was invented. No, it's going to be a throwback <laughs> to uh, before the forward pass was invented type style football game. And so from that standpoint, you know, prepare to watch something that's not going to be very aesthetically pleasing. But if you're into these defensive battles, if you're into these sort of irresistible force versus a movable object type games, this is your football game. Um, Weather shouldn't be too much of a factor, at least what we're seeing so far. They're not exactly like they're calling for rain or snow. It's it's an early October game for the most part. So that those elements shouldn't play into this thing all that much. But I do look for both of these defenses to come out and, and be effective early and both of these offenses to struggle. It really will boil down to Who's going to make the first mistake? It's one of those games where whoever cracks first may end up paying the price for it. And a a, a touchdown lead or a double-digit lead, a 10-point lead in this game, may feel like a mountain to the other opponent because this will be a game where moving the ball isn't going to be easy and scoring points isn't going to be easy. Uh, it could be a battle of field goals. Who's got the better field goal kicker? They're all college kickers. They all stink. I wouldn't put any faith in any single one of them. But from that standpoint, the, the kicker who misses a field goal may cost this team a game. Uh, it, it, it could come down to something as simple as that. And, and when you were a, a looking at a two-point spread, that's everything. So uh, you're putting a lot of faith in a lot of variables that you really can't necessarily control in kickers and how much one team takes the ball away from the other. Iowa's been better at it. But again, they've been better at it against some lesser opponents this year. Um and I don't necessarily look at Indiana as a lesser opponent, but the three turnovers they got in week one from Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback of Indiana, um, might have been more of a product of, of him trying to do too much against a team uh, early on in the season to sort of assert Indiana as a legit contender this year. We now know that they're not, but still, Michael Penix Jr. was one of the early sort of Heisman leans, if you will, uh, in, the, in the country as, as a quarterback that could make some, some noise in that race. So from that standpoint, again, uh, Iowa's going to have to create turnovers to be able to score uh, and score a lot of points. Uh, it would not shock me if this game ends up with both teams in the low teens. I think the under is the play here. I don't even think you need to worry about it. I mean, under sweats are, are a beautiful thing to a certain extent, but I don't think it's something you're going to have to worry about in this game. I would be shocked if this game goes over the total um, because if both these teams can get in the mid-20s, uh, somebody has done something terribly wrong. Um, and any team that gets out to a big lead and forces the other team to throw – is clearly going to be added to side because the defenses from these teams are both really, really good. Um, you look at a Penn State team, again, only giving up 12 points a game, Iowa giving up 11 points a game. They're very evenly matched, but again, the uh, the best turnover ratio in the country for the Iowa Hawkeyes is what I've been focusing on, and we'll see how much they can take the ball away today. If they can do that, again, I think that uh, uh, that they'll be in a good spot. 
when I mentioned earlier that the last two in Iowa City have gone under the total, and both of those games went under the total of actually 40. So you're getting a little bit of, uh, you know, extra value, I guess, with two extra points here and the total being set at 42 um, right now as we sit here before kickoff. So a lot of things to watch in this game uh, and how much the offenses are going to be effective. But the under is the play for me. It's one of my plays for today. Uh, and I'll sit back and watch this game sort of uh, out of the corner because I know I'm not going to miss much offensively between these two defenses as they go at it uh, in a Big Ten matchup that, that honestly could decide uh, which teams has a great chance of going forward to the college football playoff. Both of these teams still have to play some big opponents left, particularly Penn State, who's on that side of the conference. Uh, they still have to play against Michigan State, still have to play Ohio State, obviously, um, and, and Michigan. So we'll see how Penn State with a tougher road uh, to the Big Ten championship game than Iowa. But still, uh, Iowa's been very impressive this year, a little bit overranked for my money, um, because, again, I, I don't know offensively that they'll be able to keep up with everybody else. The way college football has shifted right now, you've got to have an offense that can score points. It's not Iowa's strong suit. Eventually, they're going to run into a, to a, an offensive team that can out-scheme their defense and put them uh, at a disadvantage from that standpoint. So, yeah. Penn State coming up. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers age 21 and over. Learn more and find out, find your local retailer at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Remember, this product contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I am Mark Zinno. So, Zin and Zinno, here we go. Easy to remember. Maybe I should get an endorsement. What do you think? All right, uh, let's take a look around the SEC here uh, for the games that we have coming up on this Saturday. Um, the conference obviously boasts uh, seven, six, seven teams, uh, seven teams in the top 25. Uh, you start to lose count with so many of them. And we do have some. Uh, top 25 matchups between them, Alabama and A&M, Georgia and Auburn, and Arkansas and Ole Miss. Just a quick handicap here of Alabama and A&M and Georgia and Auburn, because we're going to dive into those much later as I'm on both of those games. But Alabama laying 17 and a half and a total of 51 as they travel to Kyle Field. Um, there's no reason Alabama shouldn't keep rolling. Texas A&M's defense is good, um, but it's not good enough to keep up with an Alabama offense that literally is going to score 40 in this game. Um, and again, I, I look in the big picture, that's a really uh, depressed total of 51. And maybe it was just last week uh, against uh, Ole Miss where Alabama sort of throttled back and could throttle back in the second half as they were out to a, a 28 nothing lead in the blink of an eye. Um, but still, I think the over comes in in this game. But the problem is, is that you're going to sweat out uh, Texas A&M trying to get some points against an Alabama defense that isn't allowing many. Zach Calzadas is taking over for Hayes King, who's been hurt, and you won't get Haynes King back till around Halloween, has just been really ineffective at quarterback. The offense sputters. It doesn't score much, and so it's going to be very tough for AM to keep up in this matchup. Georgia and Auburn, a game of two very good defenses. Georgia, obviously, the best defense in the nation, but uh, Georgia will travel to Jordan-Hare, where they're going to lay 14.5 points uh, and a total of 46 in this matchup between these two teams. Again, I'm not 100% comfortable laying the 14 and a half on the road. I mean, at some point in time, Georgia's defense is going to give up a touchdown like that matters, not to the one they gave up against South Carolina in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. Is it this week? Possibly. Uh, but again, their defense has been so impressive. And get this stat, guys. This is nuts. Georgia's defense has scored 16 points this year. Georgia's defense has scored 16 points. Their defense has only allowed 16 points this year. So the defense has scored as many points as they've allowed to this point uh, in the season. So, again, uh, it is a big number. You get over that two-touchdown threshold. How comfortable are you laying that on the road against a, an Auburn team that went into LSU last week 
and beat uh, the Tigers there where they haven't won, and I think in the better part of a decade uh, in LSU. So they're riding a high. Bo Nix starting to play a little bit better after being benched. We'll see how this game plays out. I'm on this game as well. I'm on the total. We'll talk about that coming up later on. Let's take our focus, however, to some of the other contests in the SEC, particularly Arkansas and Ole Miss. I said earlier in the show, my model this year has been death taxes on Ole Miss overs. I have so much faith in Lane Kiffin to continue to score points and run up the score that there really isn't a total that scares me away, especially if you're below 70. You're at 66 in this total today. Um, I, I like the over. I lean on the over. I don't necessarily love it, but I do think Ole Miss has a strong bounce back game this week. And again, Lane Kiffin is a guy who kind of takes losses personally, especially the way everything went down last week with the get your popcorn ready. And he just didn't show up. Uh, He got knocked out early on and was not able to get up. He'll want to respond this week against another top 25 opponent and reassert him as one of the best play callers in college football. You know, this is an Ole Miss team that averages over 300 yards a game through the air. Uh, They're averaging nearly 45 points a game. That's double that of Arkansas who continues to struggle offensively with K.J. Jefferson, at quarterback. He's got some big injuries. He's got a bruised left knee. He was pulled in the fourth quarter last week against Georgia. He's hobbling around. This isn't a spot where I really trust the Arkansas offense to score a ton of points. I mean, in reality, you know, Arkansas, um, they didn't score last week. They only scored 20 against an A&M defense, um, and they haven't broken that 20 mark since week three. And so, is Ole Miss defense the level of Georgia or AM? No, it's not. Um, but it's it's at the level where they may only give up 20, 21, 24 points in this game. And I know Ole Miss can score more than that in this game. Um, I'm also on Ole Miss, and I'm going to lay the points in this spot here. Um, five and a half, six. I saw it at seven in certain shops earlier in the week. It sort of come back down a little bit um, to six and a half, as you see right there on the screen. I don't really have any fear. As long as I'm under seven, I feel pretty good about the number and what I'm getting. Um, Mississippi is, is in their last 29. They're 29 against the number at home against an AP top 25 opponent. This is a spot, again, where Lane Kiffin and the Rebels seem to th- to thrive in. And this is a spot where I have very little concern that Ole Miss is going to be able to put up points against an Arkansas team that's sort of coming back down to earth after a 4-0 start. You start to see that little bit of regression here. And unfortunately, again, some of that is because they're missing their quarterback. But I'm on Ole Miss in this spot. And here's another play that you can really look at. The Ole Miss team total at 35 and a half. A very depressed number um, after last week. Ole Miss is uh, three previous games prior to last week against Alabama. They've scored 61, 54, and 43. Now, granted, again, they're not against good defenses like Arkansas. So there is some adjustment in the number there. But if you're giving me an, an Ole Miss team total below 40, I'm going to jump on it. Until I see Lane Kiffin sputter against a non-Alabama opponent, uh, I'm going to trust Lane Kiffin's offense, and he will not take his foot off the gas pedal. If he is up 35 to 17 in the fourth quarter, he's going to try to score another touchdown. So I have very little concern that Ole Miss can get to 40 in this spot. I like the Ole Miss team total. At 35 and a half, shop around, see what number you can get. But I think it's a very favorable play uh, for the Rebels and their team total. Take a shift uh, to number 20, Florida against Vanderbilt, laying a huge number, 38 and a total of 59 and a half, 60, depending on where you're looking. Which Florida team is going to show up, guys, really is the big question. Again, Florida scored at will and very easily against a Tennessee defense that isn't very good when they were able to put up uh, 42 points or what was it, uh, 38 points rather against Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. And then last week they come out against Kentucky and they're not able to score at all. And they only put up 13. It was an offense that put up 29 on a very good Alabama defense. And you seem to get this sort of, you know, back and forth of who the Florida offense is. And so I question this number and this game, it's tough to lay this kind of number. It's almost a correlating bet situation for the Gators. If you're going to take Florida and lay the 38, you got to play the over with it because there's no way that they're going to be able to cover this 38 uh, and and not get to 50. Uh, 40 to 10 obviously isn't going to do it. You're going to need 50 to 10 to be able to do it. And you could say, well, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to score 10. But still, then you need Florida to get in the 40s um, for them for this game to come in. So it's it's a correlating bet situation. I don't like the spot at all, given the size of the number and and the difference between the the 
the side and the total is is less than 20 points or around 20 points. It's just a very tight window. You have to get in for the under to come in, and I don't think that's the case. Vanderbilt obviously is an offense that can score against the likes of Connecticut. <laughs> They're not going to score against Georgia, but they haven't really played anybody else of war, of note other than Stanford where they scored 23 in that game. So uh, the question is, if Vanderbilt gets to 10, I think that they can cover this number. I just don't like the spot at all. Florida's been too schizophrenic for me. Again, Vanderbilt's on the road. I, I wouldn't touch the game. It's not a play that I'm going to make, but I do think it is a correlating bet situation between these two two teams. Finally, the other matchup to look at, Kentucky versus LSU. The last time Kentucky was a favorite against LSU, you got to go back to the turn of the century, 1999. Uh, so that's the last time Kentucky was a favorite in this spot. This may be a look-ahead spot for the Wildcats who have played really, really well, and they're sort of doing it old-school style. They run the ball really well with Chris Rodriguez, and they play a whole bunch of defense. LSU offensively has struggled. Um, they've had some issues at the quarterback position with Mac Johnson. They hit a bump last week against Auburn and still trying to figure out what their running game looks like. So this is a spot right here where I think the public would jump on Kentucky because it's under a field goal, but it feels sort of trap game-ish to me uh, for Kentucky in a look-ahead spot with Georgia looming next week. They're not in the same category as Georgia, but going into that game undefeated may may make them feel like they are uh, and feel like they can keep that game close. Uh, I just don't get a good feel in this spot, guys, for Kentucky. It almost seems like the bubble may burst here on the Wildcats. They are 5-0. and That's nothing to, to take away from them. They've played well to this point, but still, um, this is a spot that I don't necessarily know um, – that I would trust Kentucky in. It's it's a stay away from me because it feels very trappish. Um, and in a game in a, in, a, in a, where Kentucky wants to run the ball more than throw it, and LSU wants to throw it more than run it, it could be a spot if they get down early. Kentucky could find themselves chasing and not being able to catch up. All right, coming up next, we'll take a bigger dive into the SEC. John Michaels from 680 The Fan in Atlanta will join us right here on the show. This is Points Bed Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. You're watching VEASAN, the sports betting network. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSIN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get a digital copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno here on vcin, the sports betting network. And let's get to the SEC as a huge slate of games coming up in the conference. And joining us now to talk about the entire conference of the SEC, my good friend in Atlanta from 680 The Fan, John Michaels joins us here on Point Spread Saturday. John, good to talk to you as always there, buddy. Always good to see you, Mark. How you doing this morning? Doing well. Let's take a macro look at the SEC here for a minute, because I think we started to see a paradigm shift a little bit in philosophy when it comes to the SEC, which has predominantly had a conference that is really full of dominant defenses. Sure, they've been teams that have, have had good offenses, but you look around the SEC right now. Lane Kiffin is, uh, I'm sorry, Nick Saban rather has shifted his philosophy with a mobile quarterback ever since he's gone to Tua, you know, uh, he's looked for that sort of guy, not the typical pocket passer. Georgia this year is a much more offensive-minded team with Todd Monk and their OC. I mentioned Lane Kiffin a moment ago. Uh, you even look at Florida with Emory Jones. Tennessee, even with Hendon Hooker, is starting to put this new offense in where they are starting to sort of catch up with the Joneses and run these offenses that are very 2021 forward. Do you agree that this paradigm shift is sort of, sort of starting to happen in the SEC and that offense is all the rage right now in a conference that used to be about defense? Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I think you could go back really to 2011, I think was the championship game where it was Alabama and LSU and it was a nine to nothing or nine to six regular season game and then a 21 to nothing championship game. And I think at that point, Nick Saban looked around the country and said, all right, we can win championships with defense. But now you started to see the Clemsons, the Oregons, the Ohio States of the world go spread offense and really use their athletes. And the SEC said, wait a second, why not us? We have the best athletes in the country. We have some of the best coaches in the country. Let's go ahead and spread this thing out and use it. And really, the first guy to do it was Urban Meyer back in 2006. And I remember when he got to the conference, people said, this is never going to work. You're not going to be able to spread it out and run against these brick wall defenses. But now you see everybody doing it. Offensive football is set up to where, you know, with the offensive lineman being able to go down down the field three yards with the RPO, with mobile quarterbacks, as you just talked about, it's really allowed these teams to use their athletes. And it's scary for the rest of the country because nobody really can keep up with them. Let's take our focus, John, to Alabama and A&M, where the tide lay in 17 and a half with a total of 51 uh, in this game. I'm on Alabama. Uh, I'll lay the 17 and a half, and I actually like the over in this spot as well. A deep press total 51, their lowest total so far this year. In fact, their previous lowest total was 58, so you're a touchdown lower than that. But Texas A&M's defense is very good. It's their offense that leaves a lot of questions right now. Zach Calzada is just not the quarterback uh, that Haynes King is for this offense, and so um, A&M going in the wrong direction, three and two. I think Alabama wins fairly easily here, despite the fact that it's at Kyle Field on the road. I don't, I don't have a problem swallowing the 17 and a half. Their defense should not allow A&M to, I don't think they'll eclipse 13, 14 in this game and easily. I don't have an issue with them getting into the high thirties. So how do you see this game playing out? Uh, not only from a betting standpoint, but just from a game script standpoint. I agree 100% with you. Texas A&M to me, when they, the preseason top 25 came out at the beginning of the year and they were sixth or seventh, I told everybody they were overrated. You don't lose a four-year starter uh, the way that they did gone to the NFL at quarterback and think that you're just going to replace them with a redshirt freshman and Haynes King. And then King obviously gets hurt in the second game against Colorado. Alabama, people are pointing to the defensive side against Florida and saying, hey, they got big boy. Florida ran them over for 200 and some odd yards, was able to move the football. 
sorry, Texas A&M doesn't have the personnel that Florida has or the coaching acumen to, to really spread them out. Jimbo Fisher is more of a traditional offense type guy. And Alabama right now, they're just pointing ahead to December when they're going to play Georgia in the SEC title game. Name your score. Name And Alabama's defense, in fairness, is getting better. You know, they played really well for about three quarters last week against Ole Miss, and then they kind of shut it down. A&M won't get over 14. Alabama gets over 40. This is blowout city, and it's probably not close into the second half. Yeah, and, and to that point, again, you know, Ole Miss may have the best offense overall uh, in the SEC, not only from a statistical standpoint, but just, you know, as far as offensive mind-calling plays, their defense was able to just suffocate uh, Lane Kiffin last week. But part of that to me, too, is, you know, I look at that game and, I don't think Lane Kiffin made enough adjustments early on. I really felt like Lane Kiffin thought his game plan was going to work, that it was eventually just if I get enough reps in early on, it'll it'll blow up. It didn't really start to work until he started using the screen passes in the second half and started eating up chunky yards. Credit to Nick Saban and the defense for being able to do it. But, um, you know, again, you, that Florida game seems to be the thing that is sticking in people's minds with Alabama. Like, all of a sudden, there's a weakness there. And I was guilty of it, too. I mean, I really thought that that – uh, that game was exposed something and, and maybe Nick uh, rather Lane Kiffin watched too much tape of that game and, and tried to devise a game plan off of that. But uh, it really does just look like a blip on the radar screen for Alabama. Yeah. And one thing we've known about Nick Saban, he, he may have one bad game. Cause remember last year, Ole Miss scored 40 to 48 points against him. Everybody go, Oh no, Alabama's defense is done. And then suddenly he shifts and figures out what the strengths of his own team are. And then he demands the perfection that he gets. I thought Lane Kiffin panicked some last week. I had no problem with the fourth down call on the first drive, trying to go in and score a touchdown. You're not going to beat Alabama kicking field goals. When he decided to go for fourth down on his own about 28-yard line, I said, yep, this one's over. And it was time to turn the channel and go somewhere else. Uh, let's turn our attention to Georgia Auburn from Jordan Hare uh, in Alabama. Georgia laying 14 and a half. He got a total of 46, maybe 46 and a half, depending on where you shop for it. Uh, Georgia's clearly got the best defense in the country. But again, I'm actually surprised at their offense and the way they're able to score at will. And strangely enough, John, Auburn is actually the better rushing team in this game, averaging 238 yards a game on the ground compared to 196 for Georgia. Um, and I'm on the total in this game, and I'll explain it later on a little bit more in depth in my picks, but I actually like the over in this spot. I know it sounds crazy to say, but again, another one. How do you see this game faring for the, for the Bulldogs? Do you think they can cover that 14 and a half? Yes, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than it was a week ago. You know, last week against Arkansas, everybody said 18 and a half is way too much for Georgia. And it was 21 nothing before you really sat down and enjoyed your first adult beverage. Auburn is going to be the first true road game Georgia plays all year because you think about it. They were in, uh, in Charlotte for the Clemson game, 50-50-ish type split, uh, split. Then all of a sudden you're at Vanderbilt, which is basically like playing at a high school stadium. So there's no home field advantage there. You're going in front of 90,000 plus at Jordan-Hare Stadium down there in Auburn. So I'm interested to see how, you know, backup quarterback Stetson Bennett reacts because people say, hey, he had all kinds of, you know, he had all kinds of time to start a year ago against Alabama and Florida, which is very true. He was also playing in front of no fans. So it's easy to walk up and come up with a check when you're not having any noise in your ear. I think Georgia will win the game. I don't see how Auburn scores two touchdowns. Georgia's defense, we were looking up this week uh, locally here in Atlanta. This is a generational defense. This is a top 10 all-time type of defense, the way that they smother you and take everything away. If Auburn gets to 14, they're going to feel really good. I could see this one being 31-14 and the dogs walking away. Probably be one of those 17-10 type halftime games or 17-7 halftime games, and Georgia pulls away in the second half. Yeah, again, Georgia uh, has not allowed a point in the last two weeks, has only allowed one offensive touchdown all year long. And the last four games in this contest between these two teams have all gone under with the highest total being at 52. So uh, it looks like the end is a play, but I'm going to buck the trend again. I'll explain more uh, why later on in the show. Uh, a couple other games here just to look at real quick. Florida and Vanderbilt, a huge number for the Gators. Uh, 38 points is the side uh, with a total of 59 and a half, somewhere in 60. Uh, Florida's going to win the game, but with a number that big, John, are you scared to sort of lay that kind of points? Absolutely. This is one that I just shove to the side and say, I'll watch Florida beat them by however many they beat them by, but I would never put any coin on this one. It's just too big of a number. Florida obviously has their tail tucked between their legs the way that they lost last week to Kentucky. Dan Mullen might try to come out and push it and really try to dominate Vanderbilt. But I also could see this one being in the second half where they take the foot off the gas. I would not touch 39. I would absolutely stay away from this game.
Kentucky laying two and a half at home against LSU. Last time Kentucky was favored against LSU was 1999. Georgia looming next week for the Wildcats. A look ahead spot, you think? Trap game sort of for the Wildcats? Yeah, it's a tough spot. You you have the emotional win last week against Florida. They were they were fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for rushing the field. Then you have Georgia next week. If you really think you're an SEC East contender, you got to take down the dogs. I actually like LSU in the straight up upset this week. They're, they're uh, you know really licking their wounds as well, losing a tough one to Auburn a week ago. But I think the Tigers go on the road. Kentucky doesn't score all that well. I think LSU with the outright upset. John Michael, 680 to fan in Atlanta. Appreciate you joining this morning on Point Spread Saturday. Enjoy the games today, brother. Will do, Zen. I'll see you on Monday. All right. John Michael's good friend and uh, one of the best in the biz here in Atlanta. All right. Uh, it's hour number two of the program coming up next here on Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Stay with us. A whole lot more to come right here on VEASAN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.